Yep. Well, if you would, open your scriptures to Revelation chapter 7. That'll be our first destination for today. While you're turning there, I want to share with you a little something that goes along with our lesson for today. And you may have heard this story, and it's been told in several different ways, but it, it kind of applies today. And it's about a couple of guys who grew up as friends. They grew up from little children to adulthood, and, and their favorite passion was, was playing baseball. And they played little league together. They played high school ball together. They played college ball together. They would go throughout the summer and go visit parks of the major leagues and watch the baseball games and just talk and Every once in a while they would talk about heaven and what it would be like and they were hoping that there would be baseball there. And so one of them happened to have passed on. And so he was thinking about his buddy. And he was thinking, I wonder what it's like in heaven. And I wonder if he's playing ball. I wonder if our great stars are there. And he's getting to play on the field with them, the ones who were Christians and made it. And... uh one day, his buddy come back to him whenever he was thinking about him. And he said, man, I got some good news and some bad news. I got to tell you about heaven. And he said, it was, the good news is it was just exactly like what we thought. Man, we're playing baseball every day. It's like an all-star team that we get to pick and we get to play with them. And he said, man, that's fabulous. What's the bad news? And he said, well, the bad news is, is you're pitching for us this Friday. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we've often wondered, though, what heaven's going to be like, haven't we? And I mean, whether you're wondering if, if you're a baseball player, whether it's going to be like that, and whether you're, uh, whatever your hobby is, what it's going to be like, we've sang songs about heaven. Not only these, but every aspect of music has written songs about that. You take rock a uh, blues legend like Eric Clapton. He's talking about no tears in heaven. You take um, a hard rock like even Guns and Roses. They're knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. You take Led Zeppelin. That was my last one. The classic rock is still going strong. It was going strong when I was in high school. It's still an anthem for today. Stairway to heaven. Who doesn't know about that? We sing our gospel songs of, of, won't it be wonderful there? We sing about no tears in heaven, no tears in heaven fair, no tears, no tears up there. Sorrow and pain will all have flown. No tears in heaven will be known. So whatever it's going to be like, whether it's going to have baseball diamonds, whether it's going to have lakes, and you get to go fishing every day and there's a 10-pounder on every cast. <laughs> whether it's NASCAR races that you like, whether you're a hunter and the 10-point buck's going to cross right in your sights. Gals, I tried to think of something. You're gonna, I've never had to think that way. You're going to have dolls. <laughs> you get to play with all of it and cut out the, the... I'd better move on before I get in trouble. Okay. Really, though... I wonder what it's going to be like, and we get a couple of glimpses of it. And Revelation 7 is one of those 
that we have there. In this vision, John is given a glimpse of heaven, and he's taken there. And what he sees is a great multitude of folks just like you and I, of every nation, kindred, tongue, tribe. And he sees them all standing before the throne. And it says that there's the Lamb of God there before the throne. And it says that that multitude of people are clothed in white garments. And one of the elders that were guiding John said do you know who these are and he said no but I'll bet you do and the elder said yeah these are those who's come out of a great tribulation they've washed themselves in the blood of the lamb and they've been made white and they're standing before the throne of God now and look what it says it says that they shall neither hunger no more or thirst The sun is not going to beat down upon them and they're not going to be exposed to the heat and to the thirst and to the different things that's going on because the Lamb, Jesus Christ, is in the midst of them and He is going to shepherd them and He is going to lead them to fountains of living water. And then He says this, how beautiful is this? That God will wipe away all tears. He's going to wipe away all tears from your eyes. Praise God for that. And another song by the Rolling Stones. No, this is not my imagination running away with me. This is the word of God that lives and abides forever. That says that from every nation, kindred tongue. That those that are washed in the blood of the lamb is going to be standing there before the throne. And you're not going to face these things anymore. And he's going to wipe the tears from our eyes. It doesn't say I get a fish every day or golf every day or any of those things. But it does say that it's going to be wonderful there. I'm not even going to be able to fathom what it's like. Verse 15, therefore they, the saved, before the throne of God, this is what we'll be doing. We'll serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell with us. Wow. Every day we're going to be gathered like we did here together today to worship him, to praise him in these wonderful songs that we did today. And you guys were wonderful up there. But we will be standing there serving him, praising him day and night forever. In paradise. Wow. We get another glimpse of what heaven's like in Revelation 21. And if you've got your Bibles, you can turn there to follow along. If not, we've got it up here on the screen for you. But in Revelation 21, John gets another vision and he sees the holy city, New Jerusalem, being brought down from heaven by God. And it's prepared in all of its beauty Just like a bride that's adorned for her husband, it says. And there were loud shouts coming out that says, The tabernacle of God is now with men. And God is dwelling with you. And God himself shall be with them. And he will be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death. No more sorrow. No more weeping. No more pain. Why? Because he says those things have now passed away. 
I'm going to make everything new for you. Isn't that a glorious sight to be given to us today of the promises that we have? No more sickness, no more illness, no more pain, no more suffering. Uh, I know I've seen tears this morning. I've seen pain and suffering today. It's not going to last long. Be joyful. This, we're going to find out in a minute the sufferings that we have for here is temporary. And we're going to find out that there's a scripture that says it cannot be compared to the joy and the blessings that we're going to have in Christ later on. I, I cannot compare these sufferings to that, he says. Except for Gerald back there, he had that replacement. And he was showing me this morning his Heisman stance. Uh, he used to be in so much pain trying to get out. Today he's going, look at this. And I said, man, you look like the Heisman Trophy. He said, praise God. So that's what I'm talking about. He has a way of taking that pain and that sorrow and that suffering away. And you say, how does he do that? And I say, I don't know. He's God. He hadn't given me that clue. But if God says he can do it, he can do it. Whenever I make a lesson up and I'm typing, sometimes I make a mistake. And you know what I can do? I can go back and highlight and delete. And when I want to insert something else, I can copy and paste. And God can do that with our lives. And whatever He's going to do, He's going to delete out of our memory bank things that caused you a problem. And He's going to copy and paste joy, peace, happiness, love... In place of those things. And it's for eternity folks. It's not for a short time. It's forever that we're going to have those things. He says I want to be up close and personal with you. I want to wipe away your tears myself. And those pains and fears. In verse 5 of Revelation 21 there's another promise. And this promise is from a God who is almighty, all powerful and does not lie. In verse 5 it says, He who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. All things. Not just some things, most things. I make all things new for you. And then he says this. Here's how bold God is. Because you see God being God. Sees the end from the beginning. So he already knows everything. All the way to the end. And what he says was, I promise you, this is happening. I've already seen it happen. And guess what, John? Write it down. He said, write this down in my book as my word to you that lives and abides forever, a solemn promise. I wipe away your tears and all things are new. It's got to happen now or he's not God. Because he promised that to us. It's a solemn promise from the one who sits upon the throne. Speaking of thrones, that's where we left off. All of this is kind of to prepare us for where we are today. And I, and I spoke with one this morning and said, I wasn't supposed to teach. I wasn't planning. Let me rephrase it. I wasn't planning on teaching on verses 21 and 22 this morning. I wanted to move forward to chapter 4. Where we get the glimpse of heaven. That's why I was talking about heaven. I was fully prepared to read those two verses. As the shuttle into chapter 4. And the door to heaven opening. And we get to see even more glimpse of that. 
But that might be next week. Because when I sat down and started typing, the Lord knew that folks here today needed this message about you personally first. He wanted you to know how wonderful it's going to be. And what I'm going to do for you. And he said, don't leave out my last promise to the churches. Don't leave out the last two verses there of my promise to the one who overcomes and hangs in there with me. And he says this, I love you. I care for you. That's what we've been studying in the, in the Laodiceans. He said, I want you to, to take my counsel. I want to be able to be your counselor, your guide. I want you to open your eyes Wash that stuff out that's in there. I want you to see what I've got for you. Because he says this in verse 21. To him who overcomes. I will grant to sit with me on my throne. Folks this is Jesus Christ talking to us. If you overcome I will grant you to sit with me on my throne. And you know what? As I overcame. And God allowed me to sit at his right hand upon the throne. As you overcome in me. I am granting you the right and the privilege to sit with me. On my throne. That my father has sat there. And then he implores us one last time. This is the seventh time he's mentioned this so far in two chapters. He that has an ear to hear. Won't you hear? What the Spirit is trying to say to you, the church. Do you hear that? If I overcome, if I stay in Christ, here's another promise that I have. I get to sit with Him on His throne in heaven. Can you imagine that? I don't think we can. I don't think we can get a glimpse of what this is. The winners get the privilege to sit with Him and reign. You know why? Because... We're special. We are heirs of God. We are heirs in Christ Jesus. And do you know what an heir is? I copied and pasted the definition of what an heir is. We're heirs with Jesus Christ. And the definition of an heir is a person who is legally entitled to the property or to the rank of another person upon that person's death. An heir says that you get to resume what their position and what their status and what their state is. Legally, you're entitled to it because of your relationship to that person. Now, with that in mind, I want you to look at another precious promise of God to us in Romans chapter 8. And this is one of our um, Berean chapters for this week. Romans 8, think about an heir as the right to have someone's thing. And then look at what he says up here. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. You are a son of God. You did not receive a spirit of bondage again to be fearful. No, you received a spirit of adoption By whom we now have the privilege to cry, Abba, Father, my dad. Because he has adopted you and you are a son of God. 
the Spirit, the Holy Spirit Himself, when you are baptized into Christ, and Acts 2.38 says you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, He now dwells within you. And He, it says here, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if you are children of God, you are heirs according to that promise. Heirs of God, and we are joint heirs with Christ in Him. If indeed you overcome. If you suffer with Him, that we might also be glorified together with Him. For I consider, and here's that verse I alluded to a while ago. Because he says, I consider... That the sufferings of this present time are not even worthy to be compared with the glory that's going to be revealed in who? In us. The glory that is going to be revealed in us. Did you know that the entire creation of God is waiting to see the glory that is revealed in us? Look at that next verse. The earnest expectation of the creation is eagerly awaits for the revealing of the sons of God. They are earnestly looking to see what God is going to reveal and give to us. And it says, all creation. Did you know that the earth moans for that day to come? It was cursed with Adam and Eve. The ground was cursed. And you're not going to be able to bear the fruit like you did, but by the sweat of your face you will do it with The thorns and the thistles and the weeds growing in it now. The earth was cursed and it wants the curse removed. The angels, it says in one passage, rubberneck, they look and strain to see what is going on in your life and what God is going to reveal through you. The demons are trembling, awaiting to see what's going to be revealed. All of creation is waiting to see what God is going to reveal In those who are his children. And that is you and I. And he says. But though you will have suffering in this world. Bear through it. And hang with me. Because if you do. I'm telling you. It can't be worthily compared. To the glory. That's getting ready to be revealed. To you on the other side. And again. This is a solemn promise. From God almighty. Who cannot lie. And he says, I want to give you encouragement to hang on in this world that you're living in. The God of the universe says, if you will accept my gift of my son and that atonement, then you are now my son in him and I have adopted you as sons. And if so, we are heirs to God and to Christ with his throne. Do you realize that everything that Christ has When you are in Christ, you have. You have eternal life. You have redemption. You have the heirship with Him. Now, speaking of heirs, I don't know if you all caught it, but this last week, Queen Elizabeth made an announcement over in Britain. And I saw it on a couple of the headlines there. And it says that she made an announcement. She's She's in her 90s. She's been reigning now for 65 years on the throne. And so she made an official announcement that the heir to her throne was going to be her child, Prince Charles. And so she made an official announcement. You know what? 
That's what God just did in the passage we read. He made an official announcement that you are the heir to my throne by faith in Christ. You know, that was a big deal over there. There was a big article about it. They are all talking about what is happening there. The whole line of succession was revealed as it goes to the throne. Well, God's succession is Him, His Son, and we who are the children of God. It ends right there. That's the line of succession that we have in the spiritual realm and spiritual rulership. You know, let me tell you some other things that John wrote about in his gospel that that goes right along with this airship and the line of succession. In John chapter 1, beginning in verse 10, he says this, He, Jesus, was in the world, and the world was made by Him, but the world knew Him not. He came to His own people, but they rejected Him. They received Him not. But, there's one of those good buts. But God says, as many as receive Jesus Christ... To them, he gave the power to what? Become the sons of God. How? Even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, not of flesh, not by the will of any person, but by the will of God. And then in another place in John 3, to relate to this, John says about this not of the flesh or of the will of man. He says, you've got to be born again. He told Nicodemus, of the water and of the spirit, and you will become a new spiritual person, and that makes you the son of God. That's how you become and have the power to do that. To those who believe on the blessed name of Jesus, you have power to become the children of God. The actual child of God. Then it says in Romans 8. Then if we are his sons. We get to inherit that spiritual kingdom with him. If we overcome. We are heirs with him. In Revelation 3. Our text for today. What did it say? Jesus said to he who overcomes. I will give the right to sit with me. Upon my throne with me. Won't you hear what I'm saying? You know, Paul even says in 1 Corinthians that we are going to judge angels. We were made lower than them so that we can be promoted above and to be in Christ. Folks, you and I are the royal family of God. I should hear some amens. Man, we are royal family. We are the kingdom And you may not remember Revelation 1 because it's been a while since we started this book. But in Revelation 1 it said there that this is the revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave to Him to show to His servants the things that He wants them to know about. And then it says in that greeting there when we get down to verse 5 that it's also from Jesus who is the faithful witness the firstborn or begotten of the dead. He's the prince of kings. He's the ruler of the earth. Unto him that loved us and washed us in his own blood, it says he now has made us to be what? Kings and priests. You are 
physically and spiritually kings and priests of God Almighty in Christ who washed you with His blood. Praise be to Him who gives you glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. We are royal family of God. And he hopes that we begin to understand this. Seven times he's saying, if you've got an ear to hear, will you not hear what I am telling you here? Revelation 3 again, our text. Listen again. To him that overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, even as I overcame and God has set me beside of his throne. He that has an ear, won't you hear what the Spirit is revealing to you, the church? It stretches from that time to the end of the church era. It's to this present age with us that this promise is. And he says, won't you hear? And I've explained before that the Hebrew word for this, that it's amazing because it doesn't mean just to hear. What it means, it carries a fourfold connotation. It means you hear, you understand what you heard. Then you make a decision. You listen, you hear, you understand, and will you not obey? And that's what he's saying here. Are you grasping the concept of the royal family that you are and what I am offering you as my son? Think about it. You think about famous people Take any of the people that you really look up to, whether it's in a human form or on TV or a role model, somebody that was famous or powerful or good, and you say, man, to be a part of that family. And you're the family of God. You are God's child. I don't think we kind of grasp that sometimes. He says, won't you listen? Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, It is written that eye has not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for us. We cannot grasp it. Our human mind cannot grasp the glory of what allays and awaits us, the splendor of heaven, the awesomeness of this promise that we have. He says, will you not listen? You know, like Laodicea many times, as he began the dissertation to that church, he said, you think you've got it all. You think you've become rich and you take it as yourself accomplished that and you've left me out. You've closed the door. You say I have need of nothing else. And a lot of times our rat race of life leads us into that, that we get in that circle Of what we're doing and we don't think about spiritual things. And he says, slow down and open your eyes for a minute. Let me reveal to you who you are and what you have. If you will just pay attention and understand. Take my word. Anoint yourself. It is been tested by fire. And it is worth more than any silver, gold or precious stone. Hide it in your heart that you sin not. Clothe yourself with that new white robe. Clothing is the outward representation of yourself of what people see. 
And he says, you are now my ambassador. You are my child. So act like royalty that you are. Wear your robe and wear your crown in a humble way, but wear it where people see. And you are not hiding it. We are heirs to the throne of God and act like it. There's a big word called abdicate. You know, we talked earlier about the British throne and the lineage there. Well, early back in 1936, there was a guy who was named Edward VIII. And he was going to be king. And he abdicated his throne, which means he gave it up. He gave up his throne. He gave up his lineage. He gave up royalty because of the desires of this world. He wanted to marry another woman who had had a past and the British royalty hierarchy of protocol said you can't do that. So he says, I, I want to. So he abdicated his royalty. Christ is saying to us, is there anything in this world that it has to offer for you to give up, to abdicate the throne that I am giving you to sit with me in my throne. He told his disciples. What would it profit a man. If he would gain the entire world. And lose his own soul. What would you give in exchange for your soul. And that's the question that's being begged of us today. I am offering you a throne. Are you going to take it? I am offering you to be my child. Are you going to take it? And are you going to walk with it? And are you going to clothe yourself with royalty? You know, don't let anyone steal your crown. That was the advice to Philadelphia, the church that was right before this one. They were righteous and they were walking. And the, the admonition to them from our Lord was, Don't let them steal your crown. Don't let them take what you've got from you. Don't let it come into your line of thought. That's what he's saying to us today. He says, behold, I'm coming quickly. Don't let him take your crown. Dress yourself in white. Invest in the knowledge of my word. Know what you're supposed to do. Meet together and worship as my children. And praise me like you're going to do whenever we cross over on to that other side. Because what will it profit in exchange for what he is giving us? You know... I look back, we've spent 17 weeks in the seven churches of chapters 2 and 3. And do you know that there's 17 promises in those 17 weeks? I thought that was kind of amazing that God has given to us. And I want to share those promises with you to remind you as we close out chapter 3, as we close out the church age and move on, I want you to see the magnificent promises of God. He says, I know that people have labeled you things in this life. I know. I grew up in it and I still get labeled with things. You're too, you fill in the blank for what it is. You're not, you fill in the blank on what it is in your situation. You're not able to do this. You're not worthy of that. I want you to wash away everything that the world is labeling you with. Don't listen to it because I'm going to tell you what God is labeling you with. God is giving you a label as His child. And He says, as my child, you've got this. 
if you are faithful, if you are an overcomer and a winner, and you have ears to hear and understand what I am telling you to listen to, I will give you to eat of the tree of life, which is in the garden, the paradise of God. You have that right. If you're faithful unto death, I'm going to give you a crown of life. You will not be hurt by the second death that faces the world who did not know my son. I will not allow that to happen to you. You will not be banished. To him that hath an ear to hear, I'm going to give to eat of my hidden manna up here in the heavenly realm. I'm going to give you a white stone that gives you entrance into the marriage feast. A stone with a new name written on it, which is your new knighthood name. That goes back to the royal knighthood also of the early ages. It was taken after the Bible actually. To him who keeps my word to the end. I will give you power over the nations. And you will rule with a rod of iron. I will give you that knighthood. The loyal order of the morning star. You will walk in white robes. Which is your new now uniform of glory. That you have with me. I will confess. And there's your being knighted. Before the courtroom of God. In the court of heaven. He says. I give you the order of the morning star. And I will name you by name. Before my God. And before his angels. In the courtroom of heaven. I will not. Now check this one out. I will not blot out your name. From the book of life. If you keep my word, I will keep you from the hour of trial that which has come on the earth. To the faithful, you have a crown of righteousness. Don't let anyone take your crown. To the overcomer, I will write upon you the name of my God. I am going to write that because you are an heir to the throne. You've got his royal family name and his lineage. And you've got the name of the new Jerusalem as your home city. Your scribe there. And the name uh, Jesus has on his new name. We're a part of him. If you hear my voice. The door is opened here in chapter 3. When he said. I am standing at the door. Knock will you hear and open. If you open the door. I will come in and I am going to have fellowship with you in this life. And in the life to come. And I give you. The legal. Legitimate right. To be called a son of God. And to sit with me. On the throne of glory. In heaven. Man. As the worship team comes on up. And we we close this out. That's only 17 promises. Of two chapters. To us the church. For this time period. Out of the hundreds. Thousands. Of promises of God. That we have. Can we imagine. What the glory of those promises. Are to us from God Almighty. We have exceedingly great. And precious promises. What would we ever. Jesus says give in exchange. For those. That this world has to offer. I hope and pray for all of us. And myself included. It's nothing. That we'll let nothing stand in the way. Of getting these promises.
He says, I've done everything for you. I've told you I love you in both an agape and a phileo type of way. I love you with a personal, deep, abiding love, a tender love. I've died for you. I've cleansed you. I've clothed you. I've given you everything. Don't close the door on that. So if you're not a Christian and you're here, please. Open the door to all of these blessings. Allow yourself to be the child of God. Come on up and we'll talk to you about it. If not, don't let no one steal your crown. If you're already a Christian, don't let this world deceive you. And try to get you to exchange it for something else from these outstanding promises we have. And he ends the chapter as he's ended every letter with this. The last word to the church. The last sentence to the church age. If you've got an ear, a spiritual ear, won't you hear and listen and understand what I'm trying to tell you? Let's pray. Father, I cannot even grasp and imagine. I've tried all week to imagine what it's going to be like. That song I can only imagine keeps coming into my mind. And I can't. I just thank you. I thank you for what you have done for each and every individual that believes in you. And Father, I pray that as your church and as your body of Christ, that today we are exhorted with this, that we go out and we wear our uniforms of glory and we glorify you in our life. And I pray that we're challenged by what we hear today from your word. And I pray that we have ears to hear and understand. In Jesus' name, amen.